to really be rushing in individually rather than us leading you necessarily. And um, you're welcome to stand if, if you're able. And
come and move in our midst tonight. Come and move in your midst, Holy Spirit. We receive from you in this place tonight, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you will be the one that shows us things to come, Holy Spirit. That you're the one that shows us the truth. You lead us into all truth. And you have the mind of Christ and you show us the mind of Christ and I thank you Lord that in this place tonight your revelation knowledge will flow that we will see sides of you we will hear about you things we've never heard and Holy Spirit I thank you that you're the only voice that we listen to in this house that has permission to speak and to lead us in the way that we should go I thank you Holy Spirit for speaking to us in this place and that we have ears to hear what you're saying to us as we learn your word tonight, Father. Teach us through your teacher, the Holy Spirit. We receive from him tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Good to be a worshiper. Amen. We're going to get more used to doing this, so something I don't think we do a lot of around Christendom anymore, huh? We're used to our overhead and our words, right? But we got to get back to the basics. Amen. Well, welcome to Woven, first Woven of 2021. And I think uh, it's being labeled as 2020 WON, which is good. (laughs) Although some people are wondering if we've left 2020 yet. (laughs) But let me tell you something. You remember when uh, when, um, Paul was on the road... uh, when he was the road to Damascus, when he was when he got blind, when God spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know that when he spoke to Saul at the time, whose later name became Paul, uh, the people around him didn't really hear what uh, God was saying to him. Uh, they heard noise, like they just heard like a noise, like loud sound, but they didn't really hear the words. So, if Although the world may think that things are still bad, as believers, we should be able to hear God tell us what's really happening. Amen? So to us, we don't have the same response as everybody else around us because we, have, we can hear the voice of God say things of what's happening this year, what his plans are for our life, for the world, for the places we're responsible for. We could still hear God tell us this. But if you don't listen to God and you're mixing the two, you're going to be wondering what's going to happen, right? And then that brings in fear, that brings in worry, anxiety, all this stuff. So, and a lot of, they say, they say, they say, we still haven't discovered who they are, but they say. (laughs) So, today we're going to start off the year with the subject of light. Um, When I ask the Holy Spirit, what are we going to talk about? Uh, as Lord, what are we going to talk about for first? The only word I got was light. So I'm happy with light, right? And um, if you are lacking light in a room, um, and you, you just 
somebody doesn't have to explain to you what a light is once they hand it to you now it's been years we all know what it is you just know what to do with it you plug it in turn it on there no more dark room right so when the holy spirit said light i said thank you great light will be shed on the subject i'll be happy to share it so that's what we're going to talk about tonight we're going to talk about light and you're gonna be excited i was excited about the whole thing i thought man it's gonna be good tonight so let's see where we go it's funny i'm writing the word light in the letter with black (laughs) so uh let's go first to genesis chapter one we all know where we're going right And um, let's start from verse 1, because I want you to see there's never going to be a situation in our life or on the earth again while we're here that will be as bad as what we're reading in Genesis chapter 1, verse, the beginning verse, right? So here it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was... Right? So here God leads off with what he created. Right? And then in verse 2, he tells us why. So, verse 2, the earth was formless, empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. So what was the covering of earth at the time? Darkness. Okay? So darkness was the cover. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So was the Spirit of God hovering over the waters when it was dark? Right? Would everybody agree? Yes. The Spirit of God was hovering over darkness. He was hovering over the waters. So in other words, darkness was here, right? Spirit of God and waters. See that? There was darkness that covered the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right? Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness night okay so when when God came to the earth there was one time all night it was just all night now there wasn't time yet but in our vernacular the night never ended it was always night. 
So God came and brought light. Now when God spoke, we know the Holy Spirit moved on the water and all this stuff, right? But the point is, darkness was, over, was covering the waters, but the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. So you might be a Christian and still dealing with dark stuff. Like you got this darkness covering you and it, what's missing is what? Light. Sorry, done. Let's go home. <laughs> okay, so what I want to point out to you is the most important thing you could speak first to any place you go to to fix anything, whether it be in your life, at your job, in your family, in yourself. The basic bottom line creative structure that you need first is what? You know the answer. Is light. If you try to do everything else and darkness is still hovering over all of it, light is missing. Light is missing. And Jesus did not have to create light. He spoke light. Because he is light. I mean, God, you know, the Father, when he stood, he didn't say, okay, guys, let's get together and make light. He didn't. He just said, light be. Right? So I've talked before where um, how, what we're created to be, who we are, and all this stuff, we speak that into the situation. That's light. That's who God is. He's light. So he spoke light because darkness was covering. Darkness covered the waters. And the whole place was covered in water. So in other words, darkness covered the entire atmosphere. But in Genesis 1-1, we see that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God fixed stuff. And... Um, Okay, so God said, then God started separating things. So as soon as light entered, then darkness gets revealed more. If that's possible, but it is. See, when darkness is covering a place, the place becomes the atmosphere of the darkness. And the place depends on the darkness. It becomes part of, of reality, like this is just how it is. And people start accommodating the darkness. But when light comes, then darkness is revealed for what it is. And it's put in its place. So in this beginning, we see that God said light be, and then he separated the light from the darkness, and he named them. One's day, one's night. Right? So, we know that when light is separated, then when light is separated from darkness, light gets to be pure, and darkness gets to be pure. And each gets its place. If you read down in all of the creation that God did in this whole thing, you'll see the brighter of two things always was the head. When he created the sun and the moon, the sun was the greater over the moon. So read through it, you'll see. Darkness is, was never designed to be the master. Okay? Light is. Light will always be in charge. 
Darkness will always have to bow to light. It is a principle. When you come into a dark room and you turn on a light, light takes over. The darkness separates itself. In this room, we have lights on, but you could see shadows. So light sends darkness in its place. Right? So the room is void of darkness. The fact that we have shadows means that there is darkness there. Right? But it is full of light. Light has the upper hand. Let's put it that way. Light's in charge. Because light is in charge, we could see each other. We can have a conversation. We can identify details that we will miss if we turn off light. Right? We'll know it's you because from your voice, we can know it's you. But we might not be able to tell the details of what you're wearing. You know, all the colors of things. We won't be able to tell those details because light is missing. So what the enemy tries to get you and I to do is to function that we know something. But it's not as vivid and clear as it should be when light is missing. Why is it so important to have light? Well, we see it exposes what's missing. It exposes what too much of something is. It exposes what is out of order. So light will reveal disorder. So that's one thing that we can write down. What will light reveal? Light will reveal disorder. Is that what happened in the beginning? So light is a revealer. And it revealed, reveals this order. Now here's the big question, right? The, the order of darkness and the order of light are different. In light, details matter. Won't you say? In darkness, it's more of a survival, isn't it? Think about it. In darkness, you can get away with a lot more without sharpness or fine-tuning. You know the Bible says iron sharpens iron? So you can get away with a dull, with dull thing. In darkness, dull things are, are acceptable. In light, it will show that it's dull. It will be revealed that it's dull. You could be in a dark room and you could have a knife and you're cutting something, right? And you're having a conversation with somebody while you're cutting it. And they had no idea that, you know, before you realize it, you're cutting. You know you're cutting something, so you know what you're doing, right? But they don't realize that you've been cutting this thing for like 10 minutes. They think maybe you've moved on, like you're doing something else is what you're doing. But here, you're cutting it for 10 minutes. If the light was fully on, they would say something about it. Like, wow, I have a sharper knife if you need one. You, you see the difference? Versus you're all in darkness. Well, the whole room, the light is off. We're having conversation. We're talking to each other. But we can't really tell what the other person's doing. But we know you're here. Right? We hear your voice. We know it's you because we know you. You know? We might not have seen you for a while, but we know it's you. 
and we're having these surface sea conversations. This is what happens in darkness. Surface sea stuff. Lots of hidden things. And when a light is shed on it, it can be offensive to the eyes. Remember? Like if you are in a dark room and all of a sudden the person says, we're going to turn the lights on now. Just get ready. <laughs> like, okay, I'm ready. But you're really never ready. Because <laughs> it just, it shocks the system, right? Well, it's the same way with the word of God that brings light. We'll see later. But the word of God shocks the system of a dark place. And if it's your dark place, you might get offended because the word's like right up in your face. But just wait a little bit. Let it do its thing. And then you'll realize what you've been missing. Right? How do we, how do we get offended with darkness? It's not the same type of offense. It's a very um, subtle offense. The offense of darkness shows up in defensiveness. You defend it. And sometimes it'll be like, well, you don't know. Yeah, you're right. We really don't know because we're in the dark about you. So we really don't know. (laughs) But you're defensive to protect what's been happening, right? I'm giving you these clues because those are all indications that you are being snookered by the devil. To live in darkness when God called us to live in light. Okay? Now, let's go on here. So I'm going to say some things and then we'll go through scriptures to support it. Light is a kingdom. Light is a kingdom. Which means, like a kingdom. Let's look at the, the, um, the parts of a kingdom. It has a king. Right? And it, it, it has authority. And it's known, you know, kingdoms are known. No matter how big or small, we know it's a kingdom. Right? So, at least these three things are true about a kingdom. So, light is a kingdom. Light has a king in charge of it. We know who that is. Jesus. The authority of light is the highest name, the highest authority there is in the universe, right? And the kingdom is known as the kingdom that defeated Satan. The kingdom of light is the only kingdom existing that defeated Satan openly. The the kingdom of light defeated Satan and tripped him openly. Okay, remember Jesus made a show of him openly. So it is the only kingdom to defeat Satan. Satan. And this is all light. Think about it. Okay? Darkness is a kingdom. So, if darkness is a kingdom, that means it has a king, it has authority, and it's known. Who's the king of darkness? Satan. What authority does he have? This is the big thing. 
has authority over those who are a slave to him. But he doesn't have authority over those who are of the kingdom of light. But if you are in the dark about that, he can make you think that he has authority over you when you do certain things. He could give you a criteria list of if you're bad, your if you're bad list, you belong to me. Think about it. If you're bad, you are in darkness. And if you're good, you're in light. So, you may sin, and it is a result of the kingdom of darkness, right? Because you were tempted and you lost. But it doesn't mean... That you've been kicked out of the kingdom of light because of it. Because there's one factor that the kingdom of darkness does not have. Which is forgiveness. Okay? The kingdom of light has forgiveness. So we can repent and keep being in the light. But if we decide to live in sin... Then things get darker and darker and darker and darker. See how that works. Because we become conditioned to this environment of darkness. When darkness has its place and light has its place, you have to decide which place you want to live in. The world is full of darkness. So if we're in the world, the Bible says we're not to be of it. We are not to be of darkness. But we can be in the place that's dark. Does that make sense? It's just not, I don't get my, my kingdom instructions doesn't come from the kingdom of darkness. That's the best way to put it. So it would be like a, a U.S. citizen visiting a foreign country. And somehow that foreign country decides to treat you like its citizens and uh, want to imprison you like they would a citizen, like you committed a crime and... But it's not a crime that should have been charged to you because you were behaving as a U.S. citizen. Let's say you're representing the embassy or something, right? So there are laws in place that would protect you as a U.S. citizen. So if you are to be tried for something, you get tried in the U.S. court, not in the courts of that country. Does that make sense? Okay. With us, if we do something that requires a trial, it happens in the kingdom of light. We can do it in the kingdom of light according to God's laws. But I don't need to go to trial in the kingdom of darkness, thank you very much. <laughs> you see? This is, how you can, this is how you can protect yourself from being assaulted by demons and demonic people and people who operate in darkness. Who wants to tell you whether you walk in love or not, whether you're a good Christian because you're too rude or whatever. You do, they don't decide. That kingdom's rules and laws don't apply to me. If my father tells me, tone it down a bit, I'll tone it down. If he says, rev it up some more, I'll rev it up. That's how we operate. You understand? Because I work for him. I'm in his kingdom. So I can't take instructions in the kingdom of darkness. Crazy. Right? 
Now, the Bible says we should live peaceably with all men. All that's good, yes. But the instruction part is key. The instruction part is key. If there's a discrepancy between light and darkness, instructions from light and darkness, you have to go with instructions from light because we are children of light. So whatever kingdom rules the other kingdom in our life is the type of results we're going to get. Let's put it that way. Right? So, so my point here is that light and darkness are not just atmospheres. They're actual kingdom. They're not just atmospheres. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. You're learning something? Colossians 1 and 13. And find it here myself. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. See, darkness is a kingdom, right? And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. Gave, forgave us, past tense. So we know his dear son, the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus is the light, right? And we'll show other scriptures where he is, but he is, he's light. So we came out of a kingdom of darkness. There was a transfer that happened. And we are now in the kingdom of light. So our kingdom instructions come from the kingdom of light, not from the kingdom of darkness. Satan doesn't get to tell me who I am. He doesn't get to give me a position. He doesn't get to decide what position I accept and what jobs I take. He doesn't get to decide what my gifts and abilities are. He didn't give any of those things to me. He doesn't get to decide what I do with my day. None of those things. I work for the kingdom of light. That's the king that gets to tell me what to do. I made that decision in my life. So imagine living in a world where it's a kingdom of darkness that rules it. And you are living there... As an ambassador for the kingdom of light. And the people that live in the world around you. They're all subjects of the kingdom of darkness. So don't you think. Your mandate. Of your day should look a little different. If you're having the same day as the person in the kingdom of darkness. You, you missed an instruction somewhere. If your response to what's happening around you is exactly the same, or in some cases worse, than the people in the kingdom of darkness, then some, you missed an instruction from the kingdom of light. And you're adapting the instruction from the kingdom of darkness. But you're not even good at that. <laughs> you weren't created to be good at that. You were created to receive light from the kingdom of light. That's the kingdom that's in you. You understand? So... If you don't fit in, you're good. This is perfect. The good, it's a good indication. Right? We know God separates light from darkness. And we know he does it and he puts light in charge. 
But if you don't want to allow the separation and you want to blend right in and mix in and look like you're the same, then he can't do that. You blended yourself in with darkness. And you refuse to be separated. So even if he's trying to separate you, you're saying no. <laughs> you know the big lie? I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was writing a devotional on Acts 2. And it dawned on me, in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, the people in the upper room, 120 people, I wrote this devotional on the subject, 120 people were together for a period of time. There was no strife. They were all believers. There was no strife. There was no conflict. They didn't get tired of each other. And their relationship was built with each other. Okay? Watch this. The Holy Spirit fell on them the first time any of them ever experienced this. All of them got the same experience at the same time. They were each speaking a different language. They immediately went, when they went out into the marketplace, everybody heard them speaking their own language. And 3,000 people got saved because they were speaking in tongues. Not because they built a relationship with them. The devil has convinced the church that you've got to go out and build a relationship with sinners in order to get them saved. When God designed it, the first design God ever made was get the believers. 500 people were spoken to, 120 showed up. Those are the believers. The people who gathered together, in one thing, they were waiting for the promise. They're waiting for a gift. Jesus said, I'm going to send a gift to you. They're waiting for the same thing. They built a relationship with each other. The Holy Spirit empowered them. And they went out from their relationship with each other and 3,000 people got saved in the community. They didn't go out to build a, they didn't spend all those days while they were waiting on Jesus, on the gift that Jesus had would come, building a relationship with the community. So when they finally spoke to them, they would have some kind of credibility. <laughs> because it is the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin. It ain't our relationship with a person. We get it mixed up and the devil duped a lot of people in living in darkness cohabitating with dark people and the other part of this is giving them the upper hand in the relationship just so you can win them to Christ are you kidding me (laughs) when did Jesus ever do that it is not a model in the Bible anywhere when Jesus, and, and then this, this error, Jesus, so friend of sinners, I will never sing that song. Listen to me. Do you know Dr. Ron Charles talks about this? That when Jesus was invited to those sinners' houses for dinner, it was part of their culture that they had to invite somebody like Jesus who was lower than them in society. And whoever they chose to invite, it was telling the culture, they're the lowest. That's why, remember he said that you wash this person's feet, but for me, you didn't even bring something to wash my feet. Because they didn't consider him as anything. So he wasn't building a relationship with them so he could win them. They were of the devil. and He already knew they were of the devil. He, he called out their thoughts. Tell me who you're trying to build a relationship with. And you call out their bad thoughts. 
literally called out their sin before they committed it. Isn't that what God did to, to um, Satan? Isn't that how he ended up falling like lightning? But because iniquity was found in his heart, it didn't come out of his mouth yet, it was found in his heart. God captured it before it could come out of his mouth. Kicked him right out. Jesus did not go to befriend nobody. Jesus made friends with his disciples. He, called, he said, there was in, in John it says, you are no longer uh, my slaves, you are not my friends. You are not my servants, you are not my friends. He never said that to a Pharisee. Jesus never said that. Even to the Samaritan woman, he never said, you're not my friend. Because you listened to my message and you brought a lot of souls in, so you're my friend now. Never. You see the difference? But what has the world system done? The darkness has told the light how to, how to have relationship with us. Here's how you can win us light. And then you have articles about why church uh, kids are going astray. It's not because they didn't have good relationships with their parents and the, and the church and all this. It's because darkness took over. <laughs> it's because darkness got to be the head. Darkness should be under our feet. We are of the kingdom of light. Everything, every single person, no matter how high their position, everything that is of the kingdom of darkness is subject to what is of the kingdom of light. I'm of the kingdom of light. Darkness is subject to me. My father gives me the instruction. I carry out the action. This is how it works. But what the world has conditions Christians to do is to call out any Christian that there would say something about sin. Well, that's all darkness does is sin. <laughs> what are you supposed to give them ten compliments and one, oh, by the way, you're a sinner, do you want to get saved? <laughs> John the Baptist wasn't so kind, was he? Repent. Then he said to the Pharisees, who told you to come here, you brood of vipers? Yeah. Jesus, you whitewashed tombs. So tell me what kind of friendship that is. Everybody's telling, the, you know, they're saying out there, Jesus was a friend. I want to be just like Jesus, really. Would you take a whip and go into church that's having homosexuality as their norm? And put them in position? Is, and the pastor's a homosexual married to a same-sex person? Would you take a whip and go in there and say, this is not how my father's house works? You want to be like Jesus? Do it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so we have it twisted in the body of Christ that somehow the person who operates in light and calls darkness to bow is the one in the wrong. Because they're not building relationships, they're causing offense. Well, Jesus sure offended the Pharisees, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, he, they were offended about his disciples eating and uh, Jesus was always breaking the Sabbath. <laughs> There are all these rules. The darkness has tons of rules. You could never get, you could never follow because it's a fantasy. Jesus, the light is clear. It is as clear as we can get. It is, is this is it. This is what we do, right? Okay. First John 1 John 1.5. First John 1.5. You could just write these things. I need you to study them. You know, if you would let light in, would um, fix pro most problems are because of darkness I should say all problems are because of darkness really think about it 
It's because you don't know something. Right? So something is hidden from you. That's darkness. So when we ask God to reveal an answer to us or to show us what's happening, guess what he's going to send ahead of He's going to send light. He's going to send light to the situation. Okay? So 1 John 1, 5. Is that what I said? This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Do you see that? There's another scripture that says there's no shadow in his turning. When he turns, there's no shadow because there is no darkness in him. Okay? So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. So darkness, a spiritual darkness in your life is missing the practice of truth. It's missing the habit of truth. You're practicing dark behavior. Truth has to be practiced. Oh, that's not good. I'm going to throw this over here because it's dead. So that way we throw it away. Instead of putting it back in. Truth. Okay. Are, should be practiced. So in other words, you develop a habit of it. It becomes instinctive. It becomes instinctive. So, in other words, it becomes your default setting. If your default setting is darkness, depression, um, fear, anxiety, worry, darkness is there. So we got an easy fix. Light. Now, how does light come? Light comes from the word of God. The word of God is light, because we know God said light be, those were his words, and right? So, the word of God is light. So, get a word of God and make it a habit. So, what is a good example? What's a word of God we can use as a habit? Something in the Bible we can use as a habit that's from God. Truth. So what would be the habit of truth? Honesty. So make it a habit not to lie. I mean, imagine I have to say that Christians, but we do. We do have to say this. Make it a habit not to lie. But who do you not lie to? Who will you not lie to? Well, let's do the love um, priority list. God, yourself, because you have to love your neighbor like you do yourself, and your neighbor. Is there anyone that doesn't fit in one of these categories? 
I think the problem might be in the lying to yourself part, huh? We won't dare think that we lie to God. <laughs> I mean, the neighbor part is a potential, but I think this might be the biggest issue, isn't it? Here's what I want you to do. If you have a problem with darkness, from what I've said, you know, depression, all that stuff, fear, anxiety, make yourself this list and expose who you lie to and when, because there's your habit, right? So what you're going to do instead is you're going to make truth take the place of this. So because a habit is a habit, a habit has been programmed in, right? So you have to break a habit. You say, I'm unprogramming the habit of lying to God, myself, and my neighbor. And I'm reprogramming it to the habit of truth. So you get scriptures on truth. Against lying. Not just truth that God is love and all this. Truth against lying from the Bible. And you make that your speech. Into every atmosphere. So you do it in your house. You do it at work. You do it in your social environment. You do it every place that you go. Right? You establish a truth habit. And now you have overcome darkness with light. See how that works? So whatever the habit is, and so if you find that you tell people a lie about something about you, that means that area of your life is in darkness. And you have to expose it to light. Does that make sense? You know there's people who pretend that they're richer than they are. Right there's a big lie. Is it called like keeping up with the Joneses or something? When I first came to America, I heard this term, you know, keep the, um, I worked in a nursing home with women. Oh, gosh. Lord God, help me. I got like a good push into culture there. And so, and so they would be like talking about each other with me. Like I'm in the room, you know, they'd send me around to all these women. And, but then when I see them together, it's like they're best buddies. I'm thinking, this wasn't registering with me. I'm thinking, is this how Americans operate? Like, wow. Like in Guyana, if you don't like somebody, everybody knows, including the person. Like, but over here, man, they're really good at it. I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And then um, I would hear them accusing each other of, like, keeping up with the Joneses. And one day I said, you know, such and such says the same thing about you, about this keeping up with the Joneses. What are you guys talking about? And they're like, they did. Well, yeah, apparently it's a very important thing in American culture because you're both talking about it. And then when I found out what it meant, I went, oh, you were the Jones for her and she was the Jones for you. <laughs> I thought they were both trying to keep up with a family whose last name was Jones, who I hadn't met yet. <laughs> and they were accusing each other of like outdoing them with the Joneses. So... So that's when I realized, wow, these people really do pretend. Like, oh, I'm glad I worked in other places in America to realize it was not the entire of America. But really, when you saw that snapshot, you thought, wow, <laughs> crazy. So, so 
all those little things that we do, they're lies. That's what they are. And you've got to create a habit in your life where you are so truthful that even selling something that could, like, I, we were watching this show, it's a business show, like Shark Tank, but a different show. And so this guy is considered the number one salesperson, like he teaches people how to sell, whatever, whatever, right? Okay. So he's like saying on camera, this guy is going to buy something today, I'm telling you. So then they show you like what he's doing and stuff, and I'm thinking... So here's what he does. You know, he comes talk to you. Like, like, we all know what he's trying to get from the guy, right? He's, like, going to barter something. But when he starts talking to the guy, the guy has no idea that this is where his conversation is going to end up, right? So, you know, he's telling him, so how is he? Yeah, right. Well, you know, he's, like, telling him. And then, you know what? You think that maybe we could... So, but he just suckered the guy into a relationship. Like, told the guy feels bad now hearing his sob story and telling him No. And I'm thinking to myself, I couldn't do that. <laughs> like, nothing he did was a lie, because he really did tell the truth. But his intention from the beginning was really, if that guy didn't have something that he needed, he would have never even said hi to the guy, honestly. So him finding out how, you know, wow, that's great and all this. Well, he didn't, didn't, that's all his head by the time he gets what he wants and moves on. I can't do that. <laughs> so I said... This is why I'm such a terrible salesperson. <laughs> I can't just like go out to somebody and like, well, you know, and then at the end of it, I'm thinking, I wonder how many of my products they're going to buy. Like, I just can't do that. <laughs> but see, this is how God made us though. So because I can't do that, it's not who I am. God knows how to get my product to sell like who I am. You know what I'm saying? In other words, I don't have to be like that to sell my stuff. Who I am is going to sell it, if that makes sense. You see what I'm saying? But if we're not careful, we could adapt a world system, a dark person's ways, to try to make it our way. You see, now, there are gifts and talents that are natural to people that we should learn to add to who we are, not to replace who we are. But God will show us a specific thing to take. Because remember, God's the one that gives gifts and abilities. So technically, it's God's kingdom stuff, right? But we have to learn how to extract it from the person and use it in light, not take the darkness of how they use it with us. Does that make sense? So you could grab things, information from people that are naturally, that's, you know God made them to do that. You could, you could take that from them, but you don't take their ways. That's the key. You, you take the gift skill, but you don't take their ways. That's a, that's a light secret. See how that goes? Okay. Um, all right. So God's light, there's no darkness in him. Um, I read Colossians 1.13, right? Acts 26.18. Acts 26.18. You learning something? Okay, Acts 26.18. So... In verse 17 it says, And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. 
Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles. And here's why. To open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Do you see the sequence of events? You go to the people of darkness and introduce to them the light. Then when they accept the light, then they become part of your group. You see how that works? So, because now they have faith in God. You see that? So, so opening of the eyes helps someone to turn from darkness into light. So, light has a lot to do with the eyes. When you read the scriptures, if you look up the word light in the Bible... You'll see a lot of things. You could just look up light and eyes together. And you'll see a lot of scriptures pop up with those two concepts meshed together. Because remember, light is something that we see with the eye. Right? A person who's blind can never tell if it's dark or light. They don't know. They only see darkness. So when somebody is in darkness, when they're living in the world, they're not just living in a dark place without any light. They literally could be in the middle of light and never see it because they're blind. They're spiritually blind. So in order for them to accept the light, a good thing to say and to pray would be what's in the scripture. That their eyes be open. So they could see the light. Not so they could like you or accept you or say yes when you offer salvation. You just need to pray that their eyes be open that they could see light. Light becomes self-explanatory. Light shows everything that's been hidden. Light shows the mess that's been there. Light shows all of it. But you don't have to like describe in detail. They're going to be able to see for themselves. You see? It, it's, 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 uh, it's equal to, it's similar to um, coming to your senses. You remember the prodigal son? He came to his senses. To his senses. He came to himself. Probably. It's like you have an awakening. That's what the light does. Right? Then Ephesians 8. I'm sorry. Ephesians 1.18. Ephesians 1.18. This is pretty interesting. I want to show you something. Ephesians 1.18. And it says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Do you see how your heart will be flooded with light? And in some scriptures it says, so you can see not just so you can understand, right? So if your heart has any dark spots in it, hidden, this is a good prayer to pray, that my heart would be flooded with light. You ever put a floodlight on? It's like, it, it has a wider span. 
Like if we brought a floodlight in here, the place would look totally different. Right? So you want the kingdom of light to flood your heart with light. This, this is the key. Alright? So I have given you 1 John 1, 5, and you can make a note with that. To stay in the light, you have to be sober-minded. This is why the enemy tries to get you all confused and upset and all this stuff, because then you're, you're over in dark section. But if you're sober-minded, that means you're renewing your mind with the Word of God. The Word of God self-contains light. The Word of God is God. It doesn't have any darkness in it. You understand what I'm saying? 1 Thessalonians 5, 4-7. And I'll just read it to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4-7. Here's the Passion Translation. But you, beloved brothers and sisters, are not living in the dark, allowing that day to creep up on you like a thief coming to steal. For you are all children of the light and children of the day. Don't forget, you're children of the light and you're children of the day. Both things that are in charge. Okay? We don't belong to the night nor to darkness. They have, there's no ownership of you that's recorded in the kingdom of darkness. There's no record. There's no deed. You understand what I'm saying? So it's simply a deception that pulls you there. It's not ownership. There's no obligation. Let's put it another way. There's no obligation to darkness. We owe nothing to darkness. And we don't have to be nice to darkness. You know, let's stop here for a minute. We do not have to be nice to darkness. (laughs) You have to handle it like you would Satan himself. Because that is who the king of darkness is. When you try to live at peace with darkness, you will fail. Because you're trying to live in peace. Okay, you're trying to cohabitate in an environment with someone who knows where everything is, who's lived there for a long time, who knows not to stub their toe because they've already lived there so long and you just showed up trying to help them. They turned all the lights on and you're trying to help them and not, not make them upset to move around too much to mess up their stuff. And you're the one that's suffering. And the tables get turned like they're in charge of you. When you showed up, I'm supposed to be the one in charge. So you have to know this. No part of the kingdom of darkness is in charge of you. God never gave them authority over you. Satan has no hold on you because Jesus took it away from him. You're not on some lease program. (laughs) This isn't a payment plan. Okay? You were bought and paid for in full, and it occurred the mo- the transfer of deeds occurred the moment you say, "Jesus, be my savior." That's it. It was a gradual transfer of things, and all that's been happening since then is you trying to overcome habits that you had from darkness, which could also have been passed down by generations. By the way, okay, you have no. Loyalty owed to darkness. Zero. I have no loyalty to the denominational thinking of my parents. Zero. 
because I know they're in heaven now. And they would scream to me, don't believe that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because they know better now. There's no loyalty for me to have to keep that, uh, no, keep that um, what do you call it? Family, whatever, tradition. To keep that tradition alive. Because I know the traditions of men causes the word of God to be of no effect. And my parents are surrounded by God. So why would they want me to keep that? <laughs> it would be a big no. So I, they don't have to tell me. We're good. I know that I don't have to keep that. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, so, so be careful how you honor the dead. Because you could be heading into darkness doing it. So be careful. Those are all traps from hell. Traps from hell. You know how that freed me? The reason I got freed of that was when we were planning mom's funeral and we were sitting with the um, people there. My dad was still alive. And uh, one of the questions they asked us was, since there's so many family members, would you like us to get a limousine so everybody could go along together or, or ride in a couple of our vehicles? You know, then you'd be separated. And so right away, somebody in our family said, well... Could you imagine, Mom, we're like in a limousine? Like when she was alive, she would never like rent a limousine. And then somebody else spoke and said, well, you know what? She really wouldn't carry it out because she's walking on gold. And that broke it for me. I went, huh, you know, the people who have gone on to heaven are not the same spenders, savers, the same. They are not the same. Like, as soon as they got there, they realized, I could have been riding in the limo my whole time. The whole time. You see what I'm saying? And that, it's just something in me broke. I went, hey, wait a minute. So we don't have to, like, behave like the person would have because they're trying to save money or they want to give it away. They'd rather give it to the poor or whatever, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? No. <laughs> They're not even thinking that now. They're thinking, go for the limousine. Like, really? Like, it's not a problem. Like, God's got all this stuff. If only we knew <laughs> how much more we could have done. You see? So that changed. I mean, something like shifted in me right away. I went, wow. <laughs> and that, that is the premise on which I do, like, what they've left that I've picked up. That's how I think about it. So when I think of preserving their legacy, it's more of preserving how they would have done it if they came back with what they know now. Not to try to keep it the same. Because they would have done a lot more than what they did. Even though they did a lot. You see what I'm saying? So when we even honor the dead, we need to consider light. Because if we want to keep things just like they had it, that's darkness. Because light grows things. It makes things better. It doesn't just maintain. Because you'll see if something needs to be better. You won't just like, when the light's on, you don't just keep the bad thing going. Oh, well, we hope it lasts. <laughs> In order for you to do that, you literally have to push it aside and let nobody else see it either. You know, so like it's... Like <laughs> With our duct tape. The reason we had the reason we had duct tape on the carpet was so nobody would see the raveling carpet underneath. <laughs> because every time the lights got turned on, we got to see what was going on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? 
So check your life to see what your cover-ups are. Your cover-ups wear the garment of defensiveness. Your cover-ups wear the garment of defensiveness. It could also wear hopelessness and just like defeat. That's what some of the cover-ups fashion industry has been (laughs) carrying now for thousands of years. John 8.12 says, Then Jesus said, now this is what Jesus said, John 8.12, I'll read it to you. I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. Life-giving light comes from embracing Jesus. Not just praying amen. (laughs) Jesus is the thing you embrace, okay? And they will never walk in darkness. Imagine a life where you never walk in darkness. Imagine a life like that, where you never walk in darkness. Here's a couple tips for you. The first one, God will never reveal anything he's doing on earth until he first tells it to his prophet. Right? So that means his prophets have light of future events. So if you want to walk in light, the process God has is he'll tell his prophets what's happening ahead. Listen to them. Don't walk behind them and mock them. (laughs) You remember what happened to people who mocked the prophets in the Old Testament? It's the same prophet, same prophetic anointing on them, you know what I'm saying? Except now it's in them, not just on them. And so those people that mocked, They had a lot of terrible things that occurred and God never corrected the prophets for doing it. You ever see where God scolded the prophet for taking into his authority or her authority for for doing um, things to people who mock them? Okay? Remember when Saul tore the garment from uh, Samuel and he turned around, boy, Okay, so one way of being in the light of knowing what's about to happen is listen to the prophets. And the prophets don't have some pre-planned speech. They're just speaking and God has developed them in a way that when they just start speaking and God will start saying stuff that's going to happen. You just have to listen and not mock. And by mocking... It also means don't be silent in an environment of darkness that mocks. Because you're just as liable. Having no opinion is a place of darkness, not light. Light shows you what's happening. So you have an, when you see something, you have an opinion. It's just who you are. You're a human being. So if I said, what do you think about this basket? Everybody has a different opinion about this basket. (laughs) Huh? 
It's colorful, see? Somebody else might say, it is a mess. Like, seriously, don't you have a better container for these things? You know what I'm saying? But everybody has an opinion about it because we can all see it. It's in the light. If it was dark, everybody would have, we didn't even know what we were looking at. But we all know what we're looking at, right? So we can talk about it. Okay? So when, especially when something is mocking the kingdom of God, you don't just let it do it. I say, well, it's not my personality to say anything. Really? <laughs> At least agree with somebody who is articulating it the way you would like to, but you didn't know, think about it before. <laughs> you see, if you have to hide and agree, you are a slave to darkness. If you have to hide and agree, you are a slave to darkness. Why did we see in the New Testament so many of the apostles and stuff get thrown in jail? For preaching the gospel. Because they didn't hide and agree. They went, Peter got broke out of prison by an angel. <laughs> I went right to the temple preach for the thing he went to prison for. You see? Because they were full of light. They knew what they were talking about. They had a relationship with Jesus. We should too. Like, when you stand in front of some dead, dried up loser, (laughs) because that's the kingdom they serve, you don't have to be all like, well, I'm a Christian. I need to be nice. No. (laughs) You need to shine a little spotlight in their face. Blind eyes a little bit. Sharpen your tools in front of them. Like this is what it really looks like. Let me give you a little lesson. You know what I'm saying? We just back away all the time. And then the the sad thing is, the people who, who don't back away and walk up to the fight get mocked by the people who are supposed to be on the same side. That means darkness has taken over your thinking. We have to stay thinking in light. We have to stay thinking in light. Everybody's like, I want to be like Jesus. You should be more like Jesus, more loving. You just, I mean, read. One day I was thinking if I had the time, I would just type out all the words of reprimand Jesus said and not put any references. And don't say it was Jesus. Like take the words literally out of context. Put them all together. I say, how would you like this person to be your friend? <laughs> or, no, even better. How would you like to be like this person? Ooh. You know, I bet you somebody would say, they need to get saved. <laughs> and then the answer, of course, would be, they are the Savior. <laughs> the Savior of the world. Think about it, Jesus, you brood of vipers. You were a devil from the beginning. <laughs> You whitewashed tombstones, you dead man's bones. You're your, you're your father, the devil. Jesus said all of these words. Yeah. That's how light speaks. Light doesn't try to put paint on dark things and call it pretty. Here, let me sell this to you. Like Jesus pointed out, your whitewashed tombstone. He even said one time you cleaned a cup on the outside, but inside. 
Okay? Now, um, I got a lot of notes which we're not going to get to. It's funny you should say truth because that's one of the examples I had. So there we go, truth. Okay. When light came to earth, wrong became right. Oh, yeah. So when light came in the beginning, you know, let there be light. What was wrong became right. So God fixed what was wrong, made it right. Where there was a void, God filled it with his light stuff. See, what happens is when there are voids around us, we wait to see what darkness will do with it. We don't jump in and fill it with light. We like wait to see what will happen. Yes, we're the one with the flashlight (laughs) or the big spotlight. And we're waiting for somebody who has no light to, to see what they will do before we do something. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so we have to be in connection with the kingdom of light, listening. God will show us what's coming way ahead of what is happening now. See, the people in darkness are trying to deal with what's happening now. We have dealt with it. We've moved on. We should be dealing with what's coming. If you listen to the prophet. It'll give you a little bit of clue. Okay? So, without light, we would not be different than the world. We wouldn't look differently and we wouldn't act differently. We'd just have a ticket to heaven. Because we can't see any more than they can. But because we have light, we can see so much more. And don't doubt what you're seeing. This is the other thing. Because nobody in darkness around you can confirm it. You'd say, oh, I'm going to look so weird if I say that. Well, if you're the only one with light, well, what do you expect? And you can't ask them their opinion on it. They can't see what you're talking about. They're in darkness. You see this? When the Bible says, when God says, I'll make you the head and not the tail, what do you think that meant? To wait around for some dark person to tell you what to do next. (laughs) The head means you're ahead. You're the one telling everybody where to go. That's what the head means. Right? Okay. I found some scriptures in the book of Psalms. I mean, if you just go into the book of Psalms in the Passion Translation and type in the word light. (sighs) So it's 8 o'clock. I'm going to share you my favorite. Psalm 107, verse 14. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. And I checked other translations and a lot of them have the same um, kind of wording about this one phrase. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. And he snapped their chain. You remember how I told you darkness has nothing on you anymore? The kingdom of darkness doesn't own anything. But because when he led you from darkness to light, the chain that had you hooked there, he snapped it. Now, don't you think if God snapped a chain, there is no snapping it back? <laughs> so if God snapped a chain... To release you from the kingdom of darkness. If you find yourself chained up there again. It wasn't that chain that he released you from before. 
It's a different chain. You see? So if he snapped you from one chain, don't you think he snapped from the other one too? It's in his best interest that you be snapped from the chain. Read this verse in all kinds of versions and see all the different variations. In the King James, it says that he, he thinged them asunder, which God knows who would understand what that says. I love how this says it. He snapped the chain. I'm imagining God with these big, you know, clipper things, like you do the yard shears. And he just put that thing on there. He went, snap. You could, all of hell could hear it snap. Okay? And look at ver, uh, Psalm 97, verse 11. Oh my gosh, I love this one. Psalm 97, verse 11. And it says, light shines on the godly. No, wait, that's not the right one. Hold on. I'm reading the wrong thing, I think. I'll read it from this version that I have printed here. For he sows seeds of light... Within his lovers, oh, the reason it's not is because it's not the Passion Translation. Hold on a second. Oh, here it is. For he sows seeds of light within his lovers, and seeds of joy burst forth for the lovers of God. Do you know what a seed does? A seed produces a tree that produces fruit. So if God, imagine if God sows light in us, what is supposed to happen? When you open your mouth, darkness should be raving mad like a lunatic. Like a scared puppy. Or big dog, whatever it became. And you shouldn't be affected by it. I'm not. <laughs> I feel bad for the person. but I'm not going to simmer down my light so you can handle it. If you expose yourself to it enough, it'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But I want to read this Psalm 107:14 from the Passion because I feel like it was more powerful than what I read. His light broke through the darkness. And he led us out in freedom from death's dark shadow. Oh my God, this is the part. And snapped every one of our chains. So it doesn't matter how many chains the kingdom of darkness had you chained to with. He snapped all of them. And you know what else I see when I saw that? You know how a chain has different links? He snapped every link. They could never get back together. So when he unsnapped you, he couldn't use that same chain for somebody else. It's ruined. Isn't that awesome? And then there was a verse that talked about how the enemy was uh, like, just like um, scared because you got light. Um, okay it's in there in Psalms you'll see the enemy like like just like shuddered that you got light I find it I'll post it 
But here's something I want to show you how important light is and why you need to keep light as your only thing, as the only kingdom. Because here, go to, with me to 2 Corinthians 11.14. We'll wrap it up here. 2 Corinthians 11.14. And you all know this verse. It says, even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. And then it goes on to say, so it's no wonder that his servants, his servants, Satan's servants, go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness. But in the end, they will be exposed and get exactly what they deserve. So why would Satan pick being like an angel of light of all the things he could be like? He picked to appear as an angel of light. Tell me that it's not important. Light is one of the power things of the kingdom of God. And we don't even think about it. So much so that Satan pretends to be light. But here is the difference. Here's how you tell the difference between Satan's light and God's light. Satan's light carries with it no revelation. It's all, if you do this, this, I'll do this. You get this perfect, this will work out great. And it's, and it's this, this nice, soft, I like call the southern bell voice. Like, oh, you're so pretty. It would be great for this. He's appearing as an angel of light when in fact he wants to chain you up. So a good way to detect when the real light is speaking and when the Satan light is speaking is to use words, which I love Kevin Zayd. I just brought out a thing to say uh, words that the devil hates. Power words. So you use light words. Like truth. Let's reveal the truth of the situation. Tell me all the truth about it. Okay? As soon as you detect the slightest lie or manipulation, run. It is Satan working. Because he said, this is ministers. Ministers who were competing with real ministers of the kingdom of light. Read this whole thing in context. This is what this is speaking of. So, Satan would have no reason to appear as a minister of light, as an angel of light to his people because they like the darkness. They don't like light. So he won't have to show up as light to them because they'll be offended and, and hurt. They'll hurt their eyes. But he'll do that to the church. Because the church likes light. So he'll show up there. Which is most likely in religious, I guess, religious ways or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I spoke to a lady the other day, and I asked her if she was a Christian. And she said, oh, no, no, no. I'm a Hindu. I said, oh. I said, because she was telling me about some sick things that were happening in her family. Her family was sick. And she said, oh, no. Because she said, and I asked God to help my husband, and he, and he pulled through. I said, oh, so are you a Christian? He goes, oh, no. I'm a Hindu. My root. And then she said, my roots 
are in Hinduism, I can't leave. As soon as she said the word roots, it just like, it just like exploded in me. And I went, that is the bondage. It's the root. And she said, my mom, my grandma, we all grew up in Hindu. I can't. And this woman is like 70 some years old. He said, I can't abandon them now. No, my roots are in Hindu. And, and then God pulled, I prayed to God, which means she was praying to demons, um, to, for her husband to live and come out of unconsciousness, and he did. So that means that it must be real. She said, but, but listen, I respect all religion. I go to my Muslim friend's church when they have things. I go to the Christian friend's church when they have Because I said to her, well, maybe you never really heard all the things about Jesus. Maybe you just heard it like in comparison. Oh, no, 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 no. I go to my friend's Christian church when they have all their stuff too. Yeah. It's the same God. I don't have anything against them. But my roots. And as soon as she said that, I went, mm, that's where you dry up. So just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. See, this woman looked like she had fruits that a Christian would have. But her roots were not in the right place. I could have walked away and never asked her that question. Assumed that she was a Christian. But because I asked her that question, and because she told me, and here's the funny thing. I, in our conversation, she realized that she sent the stuff to the wrong orphanage. We weren't the place she was going to send it to. <laughs> but she was glad that she got to know a new orphanage. <laughs> and now I got to talk to her. And so when I hung up with her, I'm driving, I was coming to church for prayer. And all of a sudden, I kept hearing this word root. You know, it was just going over in my spirit. I said, Lord, what is this root? And he said, the fig tree. Dry up the root. If you dry up the root, there's no tree to be obligated to anymore. So I started speaking to the root of her religious connections. Because I know that her grandmother and mother that's in hell right now, are screaming like the guy who died, the rich guy who said, please, go, somebody go tell my brothers, don't come here. They're screaming in hell, tell my daughter, don't come here. You see how this works? I don't have to be all nicey-nicey and just say, well, I don't want to touch her religion. She was nice to the orphanage, and I don't want to, like, offend her. No, I want to break the roots up. She doesn't even know I'm doing it. But she spoke to me. Told, she told me this whole life story, which... This was our third conversation. Never came up until then. You see the difference? We're just not like, we're not spectators, folks. When we get information about anything, it's so we can make decisions with it. This is what makes us the head and not the tail. Somebody doesn't have to come tell us what to do with what we just saw and heard. We have to take it. And work it like a leader in the kingdom of light. This is what we have to do with this information. When you watch the news, you should not be upset like everybody else. You should be able to speak to the problem. And say, oh, I don't think so. You see? When I see a man show up like a woman on the TV thing to say they're from my state, I got a problem with that. I got a huge problem with that. So every time they show up, I get to speak to the thing. Don't just like, oh, well, what are we going to do? we got to wait till we vote again. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> There's a lot of things that could happen. 
Again, we are trying to wait to work into the system that the enemy set up already. That's not how the kingdom of light works. Jesus came, walked on water. What system was set up for that? (laughs) He turned water into wine. Tell me the system on this planet that has that. But he works in the kingdom of light. Light moves faster. Darkness can't move. (laughs) It's stuck. Light had to even push it out of the way. If we open doors, like the doors that are closed right now, they're dark. But if we open them, a little bit, the light from in here will just go into it. And and the light doesn't have to ask you, am I allowed to go in there? (laughs) I think we ask for permission too much. Just be, just be light. When light shows up, things get exposed and stuff happens. This woman told me her entire life story because I was speaking to her. I didn't adjust my speech when I found out she was Hindu. I went, oh, I better not push God down her throat. I said, well, you know, Jesus is the healer. And I know a lot about that. So let me know when you need my help. You see? So, we are too polite to the devil and his ministers and his bondage in people. You realize when you respect somebody's darkness, you're respecting their bondage? You are. You're respecting their bondage. You're like, you're shining the chain. Let's not pull the chain too much. It'll hurt them. Right? Remember I told you love never fails. I've taught this many times. Love never fails. God's light is full of love. When we do the light of God, when we minister in the light of God, love goes with it. That's another way you can know if it's an angel pretending to be light, Satan, versus God's light. Love is missing from everything Satan does. He has no love. He doesn't know what it's like. To, he, can't, he can't counterfeit it because he doesn't have any models for it. There's nothing in his kingdom that could counterfeit love. The closest thing he's got is manipulation. And how to twist the words. That's it. But, he do, but, but it's not a... Um, It's not close. If you've experienced God's love, it's not even close. Right? So, he doesn't have things that won't fail. Everything the devil has will fail. The key for you is to stick around long enough that when his stuff fails, then you can reap the harvest. But keep relationship with light. Don't go building relationship with darkness so you can win them. This is crazy. They can know where the light is. This is a difference, right? They know where the light is. But you don't all have to have dinner with them every night and build a relationship and have them talking into your life all the time. That's ridiculous. You're setting yourself up to be chained up. (laughs) 
You, they need to know where the light is. You're the head. You're not being dragged around by them so that you can help them. This is like not rocket science here. Like everybody gets a chance to receive Jesus. <laughs> Especially in America. Like it's not a secret. <laughs> and so you have to be able to not, because see, the more you're in their environment and the more you get sucked into their darkness, you get manipulated by them and their situation. And you stop doing the things of the kingdom of light so you can accommodate darkness to make them not feel bad and push God away. Well, here's a, here's a clue. I think they already pushed him. <sighs> you see? Okay. Off my soapbox. All right. <laughs> yeah, so the devil chose to pretend to be light. Never chose to pretend to be love because he can't replicate that. But remember, he used to reflect the glory of God. So he's got a little bit of that. That's what went to his head. Um, Psalm 36, 9 is another one you can put down. Let me just give you all these numbers done. Psalm 36, 9. Or I'm sorry, Psalm, yeah, Psalm 36, 9. Psalm 13, 3. Psalm 18, 28. Psalm 19, 8. Psalm 19.12. Okay, and here, I put this one as a confession you should have for your life. Psalm 73.17. But then one day, Psalm 73.17. But then one day, I was brought into the sanctuaries of God. And in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Then I understood that the destiny of the wicked was near. So the reason I say this should be a confession for your life um, is because um, any distorted perspective that you may have vanishes because of the light. So you can confess that about yourself. I don't have any distorted perspectives left in me. Because every day we're dealing with different people. Every single day. And the devil is not going to stop trying to put his kingdom on you. You understand? So you have to have an instinctive default mode. Right? Okay. I think that's it for today, guys. Um, yeah. You learned something? This is good, isn't it? I never knew the importance of light until I heard light. And then I started studying light. <laughs> I realized, wow. Because if you put blinders on someone, that's when you can surprise them, right? They don't know where you're going. <laughs> But we don't want, God doesn't need to surprise us like that. <laughs> His surprises are suddenly, you know, blessings, not leading you somewhere blindly. That's not God's way. God leads you in the light. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. There's nothing shady about His leading. Right? So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you have cleared up things for us. That we could see the light 
of your glory, that we could walk in your light, that we can understand the complexity and the simplicity of your light. And Father, we declare right now, I declare in the name of Jesus, by the anointing of God, that darkness flees from us in Jesus' name. The chains of darkness are destroyed. They cannot be linked back together to ever be put on anyone in our generation, around us, in our family line, period. We disrupt the plans of the enemy of darkness. And we, we speak light, blaring, skin-burning light over situations of darkness. And instead of the light leaving The darkness has to leave in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies.